Hi, I'm John. I'm Avram. And this is our podcast, Rabbi's Pot Kosher. Shalom, everybody. It's September already. Is it? I think so. I mean, time in COVID is relative. Winter, spring, summer, fall. Dude, it's really true about time being a total construct in COVID. Before we jump into our discussion, how do you keep track of time in COVID? Oh, wow. I mean, basically... You just let it flow. Well, with with children, it's a bit harder, you know, or easier. Because, like, they have their demands, like needing to eat and other other such needs. They're like an alarm clock as by a lot of... I was thinking about it, you know, in these days of Elul when we blow the shofar as an alarm clock, children actually like just do that very naturally, you know, like they live their lives just like as a shofar, as a shofar, basically just wailing, (laughs) wailing sounds, but just alert present to the moment, I guess. I mean, you know, you're getting at what the heart of the shofar is, is a call to be intentional to lives and Yes. So speaking of which, you've spent your time recently, today, actually, in a very interesting manner. Yes, I was approached by a vegan establishment in hipster Williamsburg, um, wanting to become kosher. So let's, let's break that down a little bit, because um, why would a vegan restaurant need kosher certification right so what's implied by that because there's no meat or cheese cheese or yeah no meat or dairy products like if vegan if there's no animal products being used yeah right that's normally when we think of kosher we think of like meat and milk and the separation and all of that with vegan doesn't really exist which is actually by the way why I'm obsessed with like the vegan industry because they've actually made keeping kosher on the road um, way a lot easier. easier. Well, could- I th- depends where, like, I don't know. I'm, I can't think of a, re- like, I don't know how many kosher restaurants, like vegan restaurants are there in Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think veganism <laughs> and liberalism probably. It's probably more coastal. You know what I'm saying? Coastal vegan is probably. <laughs> more of a thing yeah when, actually, I, when I went to South Carolina yeah um I was just curious I was like maybe there's a vegan restaurant here like in Beaufort South Carolina yeah and like <laughs> their definition of vegan was like offering like the tomato from the BLT like a toma- yeah <laughs> exactly something yeah. like that like v- having like an offering that's not like crab or something of that. veganism part of like you know bernie sanders democrat you know it's part of the yeah so uh, unfortunately and fortunately like vegan and kashrut um have it brings out some of the i would say less um pluralistic ideals within judaism but I often overlook them because it's, I think, for a greater good. Mm-hmm. What do you mean by that? So an example is there's a law that even if somebody is kosher, 
cooking like a hundred percent kosher food, it needs to be cooked by a Jew. So that right. some people would deem that rather racist in nature. Bishul Akum is how it's referred by the, cook by of the, guys, the right? cooking of the non-Jew. No, well, it's not a literal translation there, Rabbi. <laughs> how, how would you how would you translate Akum? <laughs> how would you translate it? Um, idol worshippers, star stargazers, stargazers, star worshippers. So, Although actually, there is a um, a Sephardi posek, a decisor of Jewish law, whose name I am blanking on, who recently poskened, adjudicated that vegan restaurants and products do not even require kosher certification. Yeah, so I'll I'll get to that. So yeah. you know that's one big thing, but. Um, so usually kosher restaurants get work around that by um, if a Jew like turns on the pilot light of the oven, then it's fine. And, you know, they're, when you turn on the oven, you're basically taking that fire into a bigger one. Um, but then, of course, there's an exception to that um, for foods that can be consumed raw. Um, the idea of Bishol Akum doesn't necessarily apply. I also just think kosher certification for, you know, uh, in, within vegan is like around vegan establishments. And I know we were sort of joking about this in terms of like liberalism, but it is a statement of um, acceptance or wel- or just a wel- of welcomingness to a particular segment of the Jewish community. No. Say more on that. Like a, a, a kosher oh. certification is a, is a sign that you're welcome to a particular segment of totally. the day. Yeah. Faith, my wife, came with me, got some lunch out of the visit. Um, a free meal. Said, yeah, she said, actually, she insisted on paying for it. Interesting. I took the free cookie, though. Nice, nice. Respect. Anyway, she said, like, what's their incentive of right. making this kosher? And, you know, I said given like COVID and like the restaurant business as a whole, like their margins of making money are slim to begin with. Without a doubt. So if you can even increase that by like a couple of percentage um, where you can like add another niche within a niche. Right. You're, you're going to benefit from it. So what did, so what did you actually do today, Rabbi? So I, you know, it was a little sketchy, but I loved it at the same time. Like, they invited me to the back. By the I, way, Brooklyn and Kashrut, just in general, there's nothing that's not sketchy about in totally, general. Totally. You know? But yeah. like, so I went into the back where they like keep all of like the tofu and the veggie bacon and like the fake cheese and like, yeah. like everything in their refrigerator. I was taking pictures. Um, to my delight, most of the, the products that they already order were certified kosher. Excellent. Um, the only thing that needs to be changed up a little bit is they use non-kosher vinegar, mm. um, which even according to some Sephardic rabbis um, can be overlooked as well. Vinegar being uh, a derivative of wine, which is ever- another Pandora's box. Yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> Did you, do you ever think like, as you know, here you are, you're a rabbi, it's 2020, right? Still living in Brooklyn. 
like your grand great great grandparents in the shtetl there was like no chance in hell they would have like the local rabbi would be invited into like the 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 Jewish establishment (laughs) but you actually it's funny you mentioned that because you know my family is from Des Moines Iowa where there's a small but mighty Jewish community right and you know I asked I remember like asking you know my grandparents like you know how did keeping kosher work there like there weren't you know massive kosher giants like we have right and they were like we we looked at the labels and if it the labels kosher products it was good enough for us and exactly you you think in the shtetl like they could you know take pictures and call people on the internet like do none of that like people just like went to the bakery and they got what they needed. And, you know, if you actually study the text, there's a lot more, um, you have to work really hard for something to actually be, not be kosher, not to be kosher. But would you ever consider becoming vegan? I do. I mean, I, 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 I try, I strive to be a meat minimalist though. I think I fail at that pretty often. Um, but yeah, I think like ethically, emotionally, it makes Faith, sense. Faith was like, I was like, we're basically like, we don't eat that much meat. She's like, I was like, just on Shabbat. And then she was like, we had hot dogs on Sunday. We had steak on Tuesday. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you're a straight up I, carnivore, bro. A, yeah, but you were saying like ethically. Yeah, ethically, emotionally, I feel like the the thinking makes sense to me, you know? Yeah, um, I I really do applaud people who can go all the way with it. Because, yeah. you know, the idea of that you're not causing suffering to any living being. Of course. Um, is, is quite profound. Um, and something that we should strive for, obviously. Our, our teacher, Ravietz Greenberg, says that, you know, that was the Torah's initial intention. Right. It was only after the flood of Noah where God was like, okay, fine. I'll let you eat animals. Eat a, eat a sheep if you need to. As a way to like um, subdue like our thirst yeah. for blood. It was like, all right, Ironic. Better, you, better you eat the chicken than like... Each other. Yeah. 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 Where there's some truth in that. There is, but also like... Yeah, here we are. Thousands. No way we would be able to. I would not be able to go without brisket. Brisket, yeah. You without brisket is like without water. I don't know. The state. I don't know. I, I food. Some. I wish I could be there. Yeah. Maybe I need to work harder. I. I also think, and this is no small thing. Like, it's the carbon footprint. Of course. Uh, is really reduced under, you know, veganism. And that's another Jewish value of, you know, protecting the environment. Right. And Baltashri not being waste. No, meat consumption is, is like at ridiculously high levels. I think you should do a vegan challenge, Avram. I do it with you, Rabbi. How long should we attempt to go? Till dinner. Till dinner. <laughs> being almost five o'clock it will be challenging uh let's revi- re- let's revisit this idea at a later episode perhaps peace peace